Hello, my friend. So today's guest is a really beautiful human, a woman by the name of Belle Yorston. I had the privilege of getting to know Belle when we completed the Dare to Lead two-day workshop in Sydney, which is the work of Brene Brown around leadership. Belle is the CEO of a not-for-profit association called YLEAD and their goal is to empower 30,000 young people annually. That's incredible. She believes in the potential of people and has a deep-seated passion for the work she does at YLEAD, believing that our world needs more leaders than it ever has before. Her career journey has thrown her from following a passion of dance and performance to being curious about corporate success and working in real estate. Then in 2011, she took a huge leap to explore life with purpose and meaning and commenced a full-time career with YLEAD. In this conversation, we cover everything from how she defines a leader to supporting yourself as you transition into new roles, how she made the leaps she did, and finally, the role of visibility and how we can do it authentically. I'm so excited to share her story with you today, so let's begin. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Uh, welcome, Belle. Thank you so much for coming on the True to You podcast today. Good morning, Ruby. Thank you um, so much for the invite. I'm actually um, really excited and a little bit nervous as well. Uh, you'll you'll be fine. You have so much uh, wisdom to share, so I can't wait to dive in. So first, uh, obviously, True to You is about uh, sharing the stories of women that have carved out their own path and what I like to call it is a path that's true to you. So first up, I would love you to tell us a little bit about your career journey. Now, I know that you've been in performing arts, you've been in real estate, and now you are working for an organization called YLEAD. So could you tell us a little bit about these different leaps that you took and um, then what you were looking for in coming into the YLEAD organisation. Was it a call to find more meaning in your work? Uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Alrighty. And uh, before I do as well, I just want to say a massive thank you to you, Ruby, for um, putting yourself out there to put this together because I am a big podcast listener myself and I know that um, it's a way in which you can just kind of check in and listen and learn and um, I can't imagine how much work it is for you behind the scenes so a big thank you for doing this for all the women out there and men as well. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. So um, oh, if I think about my career, um, I work with young people every day so I'm going to start when I was at school, um, I literally had no idea. I used to get really nervous whenever that question was asked of me um, because I think 
even still today, there's some people that know exactly what they want to do and they've known since they were a little kid. Um, and But there's many of us that kind of have no idea what it looks like and we put a lot of pressure um, on making some decisions. And it can all be pretty challenging when you um, are 16 to 18 years of age and thrown into the real world. So um, I have an amazing mum and... I think when I was trying to work out what it was that I wanted to do for my life when I left school, um, she was always the person that kind of inspired me to follow my passions and do things that I loved. And um, she would always try and find a way to allow me to do that. So um, I had a passion for dance and musical theatre um, and performance. Um, I always say I wasn't naturally gifted I had to work hard for it um, but I loved it I absolutely loved that feeling of being on stage and performing and thinking about nothing else um, in the world and I was very privileged to um, have a really beautiful community around me in my dancing world um, that was really supportive while I was growing up as a kid and um, we often reflect now back as to how great the environment and the culture was that um, our sort of dance teacher and owner of the studio created for us so when I then entered this world of dance professionally, I made a decision that I was going to give it a really good crack. Um, it was hard. It was um, lots and lots and lots of hard work. But I think the hardest part about it was I was now 18 years of age where I was learning more about myself than I did when I was at school. And I kind of was starting to question um, just who I was and what I valued and what was important to me and how sometimes that was a little bit conflicted um, in the performing arts and dancing industry um, and also that because I was really trying to grapple with what does success look like um, you know we get told a few different things but I had to remind myself that I could define my success and I wanted to kind of work out what that was for me so uh, I randomly found myself well not randomly but I found myself on Saturdays um, I'd be cheering for the Broncos, uh, which was something that I absolutely love to do because I got to sit next to one of my best friends on the field and watch sport, which my dad and I connected over and dad would come and watch the games and watch me. Um, but I was also starting to work with my mum in real estate. Uh, that I fell into randomly. Um, she was looking for a PA and I was, as I said, starting to question what I value, what was important to me, what did success look like? And so she offered me a job um, and I kind of gave it a go. And what I realized was I was kind of torn because on Saturdays I was having to go to perform, but on Saturdays it was kind of the biggest day in real estate where we were doing open homes and from those open homes you'd be running and negotiating contracts. And I was having to pass some of those off um, and make some tough decisions as to whether I was going to continue down this road of dancing and performing um, because that definitely was the Saturday was a day that I'd need to be doing it or was I going to restructure and reshape what just success was to me and was it about having a more stable career driving a really nice car owning some great clothes and dressing up in a suit every day um, and so that's where I kind of made a decision that hey maybe the world of following a passion and performing isn't quite what success is perhaps it is more feeling security feeling stable and working my way up um that i guess ladder that we all sometimes get mistaken for um as to what a career progression looks like and the other part of it was because i was having to work hard 
in the dance industry, there was just so many amazing young boys and girls that were so much better than I was that I think my self-doubt as well got in there a little bit and um, so it was time for a switch and the time to kind of change things up. So that's where I jumped across to real estate and um, it was challenging. I loved it because I got to meet lots of different people. I love the thrill of a negotiation, learning process, using process. Um, I was thrown in the deep end at only 18 years of age and um, my mum went overseas and left me the business to run while she was gone for three to four weeks and that was my sink or swim moment. And I was pretty grateful to have some really great support um, from other members in our real estate office. Um, and we did it together for seven years. Um, and the cool part about being your own boss is um, I started to also realise that I hadn't done a lot of travel and I really wanted to. And I was thrown a really cool opportunity to travel to Tanzania. Um, and mum was going to come with me. We we're going to go together. And um, I don't know, it's funny how things happen. Um, she wasn't able to come in the end and I went on my own and I went um, for five weeks. And when I came back from Tanzania, I think before I went, I was like, my goals were centered around getting a new car. Um, BMWs were pretty popular in the real estate world then. Uh, my goals were centered around, you know, lots of career success and um, was driven by finances because running your own business meant you had to convert your own sales and on a commission base only, if you weren't converting those sales, you weren't able to afford your mortgages or your car repayments or travel um, and do the things that you wanted to do. So when I came back from Tanzania, um, it was kind of really interesting to see how much I'd changed. And some of my friends literally had dinner with them on my return. They were a little bit taken back. They were like, you've changed so much um, just in five weeks. And um, there was a moment when I was in Tanzania, uh, we went to this um, beautiful orphanage called the Killy Centre and it had been um, created by a man that we respect over there called Michael and we're standing there um, just in a circle. Uh, there was about 20 Aussies that I'd um, just summoned about Kilimanjaro with and um, we're standing there in a circle holding hands with these beautiful Tanzanian children um, that needed additional support and they were getting support um, from this school that we were in. And we're just standing there holding hands. It was really simple, really basic. Um, going around the circle, introduce yourself and say something that you loved. And there was this beautiful little girl standing next to me, so many gorgeous kids in this circle. And I remember just thinking to myself, okay, this is what life is about. Like it was... Um, this is what I want more of in my life, um, more meaning, more connection and the ability um, to do more. And so I think that was my next defining moment of really working out what and how I would define my own success um, in my career and in my life. And so there was about two-year journey from returning from Tanzania where um, the trip I actually did was with the organisation that I work for now. And so I started volunteering for them more taking more and more days off work um, to go into a school and to um, what we call don the blue shirt, uh, which is what our volunteers wear in our association. And um, it got to a point where I was loving it so much and I was offered an opportunity that I sat down with my mum and I said, I think 
I want to give this a go. I want to work for Wileed. And it was a not-for-profit. It was a decrease um, in my salary and in my wages. And I literally sat there and wrote a pros and cons list. And, you know, some of the cons were not having enough money for physio appointments because my (laughs) body getting older from all my dancing days definitely needed physio a lot back then. Um, And it was like, well, that's a con, but hey, I can ask family uh, for Christmas presents and birthday presents some uh, vouchers to go see the physio if I can't afford it. Um, Down to worst case scenario, what if I can't afford my mortgage? Um, I was like, well, my grandma has a spare bedroom and um, I actually think she probably would really love me living with her for a little bit. So if that's the worst um, that would happen, then I could deal with that and I could live with that. And so I made... And took a huge plunge. And I think, yeah, as you said, was it about to find more meaning? Um, It definitely was. It was a real opportunity where my passions, my, I guess, skill sets in a way could combine and the association was going through a transition and um, I wanted to support the then CEO through that transition because I couldn't imagine a world um, without what the association was doing and so was prepared to put all my eggs into a basket, make the jump, take the leap um, and try something completely different. And um, I think from memory, I was around 24, um, 25 possibly, something like that um, at the time. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a long-winded version of my career journey over um, the past probably, I don't know, 2002 I graduated in. I hate admitting that when I work with um, 16-year-olds every day because that was the year they were born now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's me. That, oh, I I almost had to hold back some tears, (laughs) you sharing that, Belle, because... I, it's funny you, when you hear someone's story, you go back to the times where you've had to make the same decisions in your own life. And those moments where it just, you got the visceral feeling that something had to change and something emotionally was shifting in you. And that was enough to drive uh, the change when you returned from Tanzania and, um, just your courage. Like I really admire your courage because like you said, uh, it was a big leap to uh, go from something that was financially and externally very uh, good on paper and gave you, gave you so much abundance in a, in a certain way. Uh, But uh, now you see that life is obviously so much more than all of those things um and another thing that I just wanted to touch on for people listening is that you'll hear that Belle actually uh she didn't go to university and I think that what's so cool about her journey is she learned everything on the job she threw herself in the deep end and everything that she uh learned she was able to Uh, really recognize and value in herself and be really clear in that such that the next uh, leap that she took, she could then pull those skills into something else because she's moved into very contrasting uh, worlds over the last, um, uh, however, 10, 15 years that you've been out of 
out of school. And I think it's really uh, quite interesting, your story and how you have, um, how you've really been able to believe in yourself and dig deep and find that courage. So I really honour you for that. Mm, thank mm. you. I think, um, yeah, one of the fascinating things that I find um, when you talk about sort of like, I just wrote down the word like experiential and experiences. And um, I do believe wholeheartedly in how much experiences and experiential learning um, can offer you. And um, when you talk about sort of like learning on the job, uh, the amount of professional development sort of courses that I've been to and the amount of books that I've read and um, the amount of learning that I've done on on the ground, so to speak, um, is huge. And, you know, I kind of have my mum to thank for that because that's where I learned it was when I started working with her in real estate. We, we were the ones that would be consistently going to mentoring sessions, consistently going to the latest conference that was out, um, always reading, always learning and always applying those learnings um, to our work. And um, there's an amazing organisation out there called the Foundation for Young Australians and they've just done some research recently that talks about the fact that whatever job that you're in, you will take probably at least 10 to 15 skills um, from that job into the next career path or the next job or the next role. Um, and I definitely um, have taken that. So when I first came across to Wiley, I um, came into more of a, a sales role. So using the skills that I had developed from real estate. And it was amazing when you follow Passion Ruby, I'm sure you found this, but you know, making phone calls um, in a real estate office, I loved it. Like I did enjoy it. But picking up the phone and saying to someone, oh, hey, we're going to be in your area next week. We're doing some market appraisals. They're complimentary. Um, we've recently sold the house down the road and just wondering if you'd like an up-to-date um, appraisal of what your home's worth in today's market. Um, sometimes I used to lie about how many calls I've made because I hated doing them to coming across and being in an industry that, I'm ridiculously passionate about. I, I just want to make more and more of those phone calls because now it's um, something that I truly believe in and um, it's amazing to see how those skills that you have shift and change and how much um, you can just apply them into anything that you're doing. But when you've got passion behind you, the momentum that it adds and the drive that it adds uh, is tenfold. So it's, it's pretty cool to watch too. Yeah, and uh, sales is such an interesting thing, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to touch on this just for a moment quickly because it's it's probably not a skill that a lot of women find really easy uh, selling themselves, number one, um, but also selling their services. And I've worked with uh, women in small businesses and even when I'm working with women in career transitions, especially that's when we often have to really dig in and, uh, you know, sell ourselves on our full skill set, whether that be soft skills or whether that be um, specific learned skills. And I really think that uh, it's great that that you recognize that once you actually have a passion for something and you believe in what you're selling, you can drop all those misconceptions about selling being sleazy and being hard and um, being just about a money exchange. I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that there, but I think that's a great distinction. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Look, I will just add that it is still hard, um, but it's um, it's amazing just how much you you want to do it because you believe in the product. And um, I know we just say in our office, the one less phone call we make is one less opportunity that you know a young person misses out on, and we don't want any young person to miss out on the work that we're doing. So yeah, yeah, great. Tell us a little bit for the listeners that aren't familiar with the work of YLEAD, tell us a little bit more about your organisation and what you deliver to young people. Yeah, cool. So um, at YLEAD we have this really deep-seated belief that um, when young people are empowered, they will solve problems and create things beyond our imagination. And um so I guess what we do at Wiley is we create um, experiences where young people really walk away from them feeling empowered, um, empowered with confidence, skills and mentorship um, to make some great change in their world. And when I say great change, it might just be something quite small from them having a little bit more confidence to talk to a few other people and be curious about others and um, just the confidence to introduce themselves. Uh, two big things where they've planned um, some really cool initiatives um, that are literally changing the world. Uh, for example, next week, uh, there's a, a couple of girls down in South Australia that have just started their own organisation called Taboo, um, where they're selling um, some sanitary products for women. Uh, that will be, once you purchase one of their products, you'll be supporting women on the other side of the world that don't have access um, to female hygiene products and um, that kind of idea was sort of like born in a room um, that we created on the Gold Coast in this environment. Our, I would say that our strength is creating some ridiculously special environments that are um, safe, positive, uplifting um, and just filled with like-minded people that will haven't yet had an opportunity or maybe they have but they find themselves in this space where they're actually really thriving they learn more about themselves than they ever have before they feel compelled to actually do something whether it's as I said something small or something big but something that will make um, an immediate difference in the environment that they have impact on so um, we do that through conferences um, residential conferences for either elected leaders or aspiring leaders and uh, we do that through in-school programs. They will head into a school and work with the whole year level for a full day. So anywhere from year fives all the way through um, to year 12s. And we also do um, some work with university colleges across Australia and New Zealand as well. Um, and then we have some one-day events uh, for uh, multi-schools. So bringing a whole host of different students together from a whole host of different schools and um, opening their eyes uh, to life for different students in different areas and different demographics, um, with different skills, different knowledges, different experiences, and they're very powerful days for them. Oh, that that is incredible! And uh, I've got a bit of FOMO thinking. <laughs> I wish I could be in that room. And also, imagine if 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 we had access, every child had access. And I'm sure this is like a big part of your company goal to reach as many young people as you can, but they are just such important skills. And uh, like you say, a lot of it is about the impact that they can then go and create the ripple effect out in the world. And 
to be able to learn that at such a, a young age uh, is is really incredible. So I really honour uh, honour your work and the change that that your team is making uh, in Australia and New Zealand. It's really remarkable. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I just uh, when you said team, then I uh, yeah, I'm really really proud of our team. We have um, incredible people in our community that. Uh, incredible role models and um, for us that's what leadership's about so yeah yeah. so good so good and one thing I wanted to just circle back to is something that you mentioned right at the beginning when you're sharing your story around the role models that you had in your life and I know we when we caught up before this interview you mentioned you were fortunate enough to have some really Uh, important mentors as well at a very young age I'd love to know what your experience with mentorship was like and maybe if uh, if any of the women listening or the men listening are seeking out mentorship in their life because it's something that isn't always easy to come by how they could go about that yeah absolutely I think um, one thing I just wrote down there was uh, it's it's definitely easier said than done, but um, I think there's two ways to go about it. The first one is kind of to put yourself out there. So if I think about mentors in my early days, they were um, built off going to conferences or being in environments with like-minded people and connecting connecting with them and then staying in touch with them, um, you know, being unafraid to ask them to have a coffee or catch up um, with them. I just did it over the weekend. We invited a guest uh, to our conference that we ran on the weekend and um, it's the first time that I'd met this young guy and he was very impressive. So I sent him an email yesterday and said, hey, I'm going to be in Melbourne next week. Um, I'd love to sit down with you for an hour uh, and have a chat. And that's where it kind of starts is opening those sorts of conversations to say, I'd like to talk to you more about this and I've got some ideas on how we can collaborate. Would you mind catching up? Um, I've also just found... So when I took on the the CEO role um, full-time just on 12 months ago now, probably the six months in the lead up to, I recognized that I needed to find some additional support because I knew I was going to need it. Um, And that had to be outside my sphere already. And I knew that, you know, we all know that you're, you know, the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and, the five people that I was spending most time with are people that I really respect and value. Um, my mom has been one of my biggest mentors and role models um, in my whole world, in my whole life. Um, and also uh, our previous CEO, he's one of my biggest mentors as well. But I knew that I just needed to find people that were going to push me and challenge me a little bit further that were had different experiences to what I had um, that perhaps weren't even in the same industry that I was in or didn't know everything about us because then I could get a really kind of different perspective. And um, it started with, yeah, again, reaching out to um, a speaker in the room that we had at one of our conferences and just um, said to her she'd actually uh, been a part of building um, the League of Extraordinary Women and her name is Liz um, Volpe. And I said, to Liz I'd love to catch up with you when I'm in Melbourne are you okay with that she said yes so I went and had coffee with her and I walked away from that hour with her with you know things that I'd never heard of before about Facebook groups that you could join or um 
different kinds of ways in which we could be thinking about how we were going to grow our association and where we're going to take it. Um, then there were other opportunities that I found just talking to someone. I think it's being brave enough to say, this is what I want to do. Have you got any tips for me? Because then I spoke to one of um, our clients, one of our biggest clients and said, look, I'm thinking of stepping up and taking on some leadership. And they said to me, well, we've actually created this um, lean-in circle uh, that's filled with women in um, the education space around where you're living in Brisbane. They've got some really big roles. Um, I'll send you a link. Maybe it's something you're interested in. So I joined our lean-in circle and met some people there. And then I had another one of my friends say, uh, you should check out mentor walks and mentor walks is also something that I've been doing um, that's opened up my network and my connection as well. So I'd say you've just got to put yourself out there um, and be unafraid to kind of say, this is what I'd like to do. Uh, looking to find some connections who's out there that I can connect with. And that's sort of how they've grown and developed for me. And then also the second part is knowing the people in your sphere, in your world at the moment that you can rely on as well. Yeah, it's uh, so, so important. Uh, and I'm sure you do a lot of uh, top-down mentorship in your role, but uh, for you, seeking mentors upwards uh, allows you to develop uh, and stay ahead of the curve and also have those, um, you know, be able to innovate your business because you're speaking to people outside of your organization and uh, also recognize when you need some support as well. Being asked, being able to ask for help is, is so important, especially in, in the type of role that you're in where you have it, you do have a lot of responsibility. Yeah, mm, definitely. Couldn't agree with you more. Mm. Yeah. So uh, at the beginning, I mentioned that I was really excited to have Belle on today because she's in a in a prominent leadership role. She is a CEO, and uh, I was very excited because she's a young female CEO as well. And I think we can all um, benefit from her story and her journey to getting to that point. Uh, but really, I wanted to get deep into this idea of leadership and what a leader is. And I know that uh, we both did the Dare to Lead course and what came out of that was some some beautiful concepts about, uh, you know, driving leadership from yourself, being able to lead others and so on. And we saw that leadership was so much more than, than a title. I would love for you to share with us. Uh, you may share, share the meaning that we heard in that course, or maybe you have a different idea of what you believe a leader is. So can you define for us what a leader is, Val? Yeah, I would absolutely love to because um, I probably didn't articulate it clearly before because I believe we're so much more than that. But while it is actually um, a leadership development and positive education organisation itself. So every day when we're going into schools or we're meeting young people, we are um, educating them around um, leadership. So our philosophy on leadership is that it is it's so much more than a badge, a title or position. And um, I've been challenging young people these days because I think we know that, like we know it's not about popularity and we know it's not about just one certain skill set like public speaking, but it gets hard to um, go against 
what we've always done um, or what we've always believed. And so we're really working with young people these days to start to stand up and go, well, leadership actually looks different for everyone. And um, it's not just an, ex- you know, an exclusive club. Um, I believe that leadership is for everyone and our world needs more leaders than it has ever needed before. Um, a leader to us is, you know, leadership is any action. So anything that you're doing that makes the world around you a better place. So it's taking a step back and it's actually acknowledging that if you're a, a brother or a sister or a mum or a boss uh, or a friend, you do have a huge influence on the people around you every single day. And if you are really aware of what that influence looks like and you take a step back um, to acknowledge it, you can do so much with the influence. So when we say leadership is any action that makes the world I touch a better place, it's going, well, what have I done? What has my influence been? How has it added value today? And how has it made that um, classroom a better place? Or how has it made that workplace a better place? Or how has it made dinner tonight with my family um, a little bit better? And simplifying it even more than that, um, it's a really simple equation. It's just leadership equals character plus action. So um, the work that we're doing is helping young people really define um, who they are. So what what are their strengths? What are their passions? What are their values? And how can they just take action on those things every day and acknowledge that that is going to make a really, really cool difference um, to the people around them. So um, whether they'd love to be remembered when they leave school as someone that was loyal, someone that was, you know, um, intelligent and possibly someone that was kind, they then can just have this really simple tangible mark of checking in before they go to bed each night and going, what did I do today to be loyal, to showcase my loyalty? What did I do today um, to showcase and share my intelligence? And what did I do today to showcase um, that I am a kind person? And we're only human. If you fall short, that's okay. That's just checking in and going, well, tomorrow I might work a little bit more on that kindness because I got tripped up a bit today and, um, and that's okay. So, yeah, leadership is about influence and it's about recognising that um, who you are has a massive impact on the people around you. And if your intention behind that impact can be something that's positive, and um, geared for really good positive change, uh, then our world will be a better place. And um, I'm just so proud of our community and all the role models and all the young people that are a part of our association because they're living and breathing that and doing it every day. And um, I've really been made aware um, of the ripple effect of it um, recently and um, it's pretty powerful. Uh, If you could see me right now, I'm smiling (laughs) and nodding and smiling and nodding and going, yes, woman, this is so, this is so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, So personally, I think uh, because I've had, I had my own uh, leadership journey as well and it really uh, I was really fortunate to be in a company that invested so much in uh, understanding leadership at its different levels, but being able to break down some of the barriers to becoming a leader, uh, whether that be having that official title or whether it be 
standing up and taking ownership for something that you stand for or uh, leading a project. You know, there's varying, there's varying forms we can, it can take. And so now moving into coaching women, I'm really interested in breaking down this resistance that we sometimes feel about uh, moving into leadership and having responsibility. Um, and it may be because there's a lack of, of leaders above them that are showing them the way. It might be that they feel that they're going to be overwhelmed by the process uh, and by taking on more responsibility. And so I see, um, see that that resistance comes through, but I would love for you to share uh, perhaps from your own experience or perhaps it's some advice that you give uh, young female leaders. What, what should we do if we're experiencing that fear about that responsibility? And um, yeah. Yeah. It's um, I think, yeah, when we, when we do look at, um, it's, it's so, you mentioned the word fear and how do we eliminate it? And I think um, I, we don't eliminate it. We just get better at um, working through it. So when, like the decision for me to step into the role of CEO was not an overnight decision. Um, I toyed with it for, I'm going to be honest, probably over 18 months. And I really just had to work out was it for me? Was it something that I wanted to do? Um, and I had to, yeah, take time out for myself and answer those questions and why did I want to do it? Um, and in that meantime, there are a couple of things that um, I think opened my eyes. So I read um, a book by Sheryl Sandberg called Lean In and um, it sort of, it owed, it really made me think because there was one concept in there that um, she spoke about our career progression not being a ladder, um, but really starting to recognise that it's not linear, that sometimes we will jump like a jungle gym and jump from one handlebar or one monkey bar to the other. And then it's not always upwards. Um, sometimes it means we need to take a step to the side and, um, I resonated with that because I see a lot of people, whether when we're talking about career changes and going for more meaningful work, people are challenged by that because um, they might have to take a step to the side instead of taking the step up. And that gets hard because I think people define themselves based on their positions or their titles. Um, and that's why when I work with people around leadership, I try and take away those positions and titles and it just be down to who you are and what you do and your character and your values because, you know, talking to a young girl that can't dance anymore, you know, that would be so challenging if that was her passion, but reinstilling in her that, girl, if you are the kindest person ever and you want to be known as someone that's courageous and you want to be known as someone um that is compassionate you can still and will still be those things so I think reading that book and doing this work helped me to move past some of those challenges um, if I when I jumped sideways into this industry um, that was a big part of it and then the other part of it was there was a story in this book that I read about um, 
a woman coming to sit down um, with Cheryl Sambuco, CEO of Facebook, and saying, "Oh, look, I'm really excited. I just want to tell you that I'm planning on having a family." And um, she was like, "Oh, that's so exciting! Congratulations! Tell me more. When are you due?" And um, the girl or the lady woman said, "Well, um, I'm not actually pregnant yet, but that's what we're planning for." And um, I think when I was making this decision as well, this is sort of the stage that I was at in my life because um, I've just turned 34. Um, and the response that Cheryl kind of had was, well, we actually, sh- you know, you should be thinking about those things, but in turn you can't really plan for those things because there's so much in the unknown, um, as I'm sure you've had so many women in your life going through pregnancies is a huge challenge for a woman and sometimes it doesn't happen straight away. And I really believe that you can, you can make things work if you're prepared to ask for help, as we've already said, um, if you're prepared to recognize that we are only human, we don't have to be perfect and we won't be perfect and we'll get some things wrong and we'll get some things right. And um, we're not the only ones struggling. I really feel like sometimes we feel like we're the only ones going through some stuff. That's just because we, we, um, yeah, we need to be braver to have more conversations and realise that lots of other people are going through some of the stuff that, that we're all going through as well. And so when I read this book and I, I listened to that, I was like, okay, well, I can eliminate that out of making this big jump. It's not about standing up, but it's about actually, yeah, what do I want? And then the third part about it was um, actually a really massive role model of mine. His name's Dan Flynn and he um, created an amazing organisation called Thank You. And if you haven't heard of them, you can buy some water and sanitary products and um, they do amazing work to help um, lots of different people across the world. But I was at this conference and he said, turn to the person sitting next to you and just like yell at them intently and say, get out and stay out. And it was so odd for Dan to start his presentation like this. I'd, you know, heard him speak for a number of times every year over the last six years and I was like, where's he going with this? And then at the end, it hit me as to what, <laughs> where he was going with this. And um, I, to be honest, Ruby, I had to actually leave the room because I was so emotional. Um, the get out and stay out was get out of your comfort zone and stay out of your comfort zone because that is where the growth and where the magic happens. And um, no, it's not easy. Yes, you do need some good support, but they were the the things I think that I all added up when I was trying to make this decision as to whether I was going to step up. And then that's when, as I said, I started to build my support network. Um, I decided that there's no way I would ever um, be okay with the fact if there wasn't our association and why leading the world, because the work that we do is so important to me and so important to so many people across um, Australia and New Zealand. And yeah, it was just digging deep then to find the courage. And that's a really long winded answer. And I apologize, but um, there's just so much in that for me, I think. Oh, OMG. <laughs> no. Sorry. Every, every, I get really caught up. <laughs> no, no, I feel your, I feel your passion woman. And I am just so grateful to have this conversation with you because I know it's going to uh, resonate with people, but also open up their eyes to what's possible. And uh, we just need more examples of women like you uh, around us to show us that it is possible and it can be done. So 
Uh, I'm going to uh, ask you one last question. I really don't want to finish this conversation because I think we could talk forever and maybe we need to schedule another podcast just to... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I want to touch on the subject of visibility because you, you've had quite a lot of roles in your life where you have been visible. You've come from a performance background, so... Um, being visible and being on a stage is not, uh, you're not immune to it, you're open to it. But for those women that, uh, you know, m might be stepping maybe into a new arena, for you, you stepped into a, a completely different organisation and role and um, all of those things in the last few years. What What would you say to someone that knows that by stepping into this role that they are going to be putting themselves out there and they're going to be more visible. How could they support themselves through that process? And yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I really um, admire and respect the way that you said, how can they support themselves? Because um, that was what I, you know, wrote down when I thought about visibility in the public eye. It's um, I've had to spend a lot of time on myself um, and I'm a massive lover of learning. Like um, one of my top strengths is, you know, a love of learning. And um, there has been so many times where, yeah, I've just had to check in with me and I I'm, I'm spoke about this on the weekend with um, some girls that we ran this conference for and it was about making decisions. Like I used to be so horrible at making decisions. I can't even menus like I won't look at it I'll just be like what are you having or you pick for me um and so um helping me with my public with being visible in the public eye and also with making decisions it's come down to um knowing myself and my values and um and really just starting to dig deep and go okay these might not resonate with everyone but they resonate with me and that's the kind of leader role model um, that I really, really want to become. And um, as I said, I do heaps of reading and I love learning and there's, there are some ridiculously awesome role models out there, whether we know them or we found them or not yet. And I mean, I'd love to meet Michelle Obama one day. Um, and if you haven't read her book, Becoming, um, make sure you do. And this bit stuck out to me. Um, so she spoke about the fact in the book that during Barack Obama's campaign, she was also doing a lot of publicity stunts uh, and hadn't necessarily received the same amount of coaching or training that um, Barack did. And so the media showed up to one of these rallies where she was presenting and speaking. And um, I don't know it word for word. I, I read this book a little while ago, but it was along the lines of she was speaking about how um, she believed in the country and she had believed in it now more than she ever has. And so um, the media took a hold of that and reframed what she had said and publicised that how could she ever become first lady when she doesn't even believe in the country that she'll be leading and her husband will be leading. And so out of that um, came this quote from Michelle that says, if you don't get out there and define yourself, you'll be quickly and inaccurately defined by others. And that hit me because it's so true when I think about, um, you know, it's, fortunately it's a reality that we can't steer away from. A lot of people do talk about a lot of people. And so if people are going to be talking about you, 
be what you want them to be saying about you. And so then if they met you and it didn't connect with what they'd heard, they get to then reposition themselves and go, hold up, that's not actually accurate and that's not actually true. And so for me, being someone that's visible is, yeah, as you said, knowing knowing yourself, doing more work on yourself than you've ever done before and um, just being really grounded in that and surrounding yourself with people that challenge you, people that make you think, people that aren't afraid to pull you up. If they think you're living outside those values or doing something differently so that if you start to define yourself, then when someone meets you or someone sees the work that you're doing or they, um, they read some of your stuff, they're like that, those dots don't connect. And so they then can make their own decision around it as well. Yeah, I think um, that's a really nice way to explain authenticity too because mm. that tends to be a word that's thrown around a lot, isn't it? And uh, yeah. yes, this idea of living into your values and being really clear in that and also in that it probably doesn't matter then what people say about you as well on the flip side because you know who you are. So yeah. 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 And on those days where you doubt it, like, um, don't get me wrong. I have those days all the time. Um, you know who those people are that you can call your, yeah, best of friends or my mom or, um, and you know, you can share that sort of heartache and pain and, um, because yeah, there's definitely struggles and, um, it gets hard, but when you've got those people that you can rely on that remind you of who you are and believe in you more than you believe in yourself sometimes. Um, they're pretty amazing people to have in your world. Well, thank you, Belle. I, I am recalling uh, when I started this podcast, I really wanted to have honest conversations with people. I think that uh, you've lifted the, the lid or the veil, <laughs> so to speak, uh, on so many topics that uh, for some people can be scary and uncomfortable. And I really want to thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and for everything that you do and everything that you stand for and someone that does the work and uh, the, the results we can see. Like that's just uh, a true testament to to your work and the value that you bring to the world. So thank you so much, beautiful woman. And oh, thank you. <laughs> it's been um, an absolute provision. Yeah. As um, I said, I've got a big day ahead of me today. So it's been really, really lovely. It's such a great opportunity to just um, sit back and uh, remind myself of why. And uh, so I thank you for that. And again, thank you for stepping out there and being courageous enough to create true to you. Um, I'm excited to watch its journey and listen along. Thank you. You have everything you need to create the change you desire. All you need to do is see the possibility. Hey there, if I could say this one sentence to your face right now, would you believe me? Pages of Possibility is a daily journaling practice and it is the very thing that allowed me to believe those words more than anything. So before you go, my love, I want to make sure that you get your hands on this super simple tool. If you're feeling a little stuck about your work, your career or a dream you have, Pages of Possibility has the power to get you unstuck in minutes. With every small action you complete from your journal, 
your confidence grows tenfold. You attract new opportunities and you have the support you need to make the change happen. Be the woman who moves towards her dreams. Download your free Pages of Possibility journal by heading to rubymarsh.com right now.